Today, I get to speak to an incredible being, um, a self-published poet who wrote a trilogy um, all about the dark, the title, Feeling My Way Through the Dark. Um, <laughs> everything that comes out of Zoe's mouth literally makes me stop in my tracks and feel. Um, and I wanted to bring Zoe on today to speak to the feminine, to the dark mother, but also through the lens of queerness, um, which I feel is really, really important. Mm. And so here we are, Zoe. Am I popping another podcast, Cherry, as well? Yeah. Oh, I hear three in a row. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For like a split second, I was like, why is Adriana asking me? Like, I'm not like a pro in any of this stuff. And then I was like, mm, I've been doing this since I was born, basically. <laughs> I've realized over the last couple of years. So. <laughs> yeah it, it was a full body yes for me mm, I love to hear that and like let's just speak to that for a, a hot minute mm. this concept of needing to be certified mm. in something other than moving through one's lived experience mm. like what is the greatest authority other than that other than being with what life is giving us and really allowing it to move through us and teach us and alchemize into the gifts that we're here to give mm-hmm. right yeah, it's definitely been part of my unlearning journey. So coming from a professional background within like academia and teaching and education and having kind of <laughs> idolised and, and that space and structure being my sanctuary um, for a lot of my life. <clears throat> it's also, yeah, taught some really bad kind of habits that I've been unlearning and and part of that is I come from a world which is really hierarchical and is about certification and qualification and Mm -hmm. have experienced that imposter syndrome the whole time and a big you know kind of yeah rewriting of my story is coming back to my intuition and and trusting what I know I always feel (sighs) right yeah I always forget that you had an academic background I'm like so he's just this self-published poet like badass poet who writes and puts words to things that so many of us feel but can't articulate can't quite grasp Mm. so I'm like oh yeah I forget (laughs) (laughs) you came from like such a um, hierarchical structured Mm. environment and I feel you know how that has just shaped your becoming in a way to have to meet mm. those things yeah and I'm still in it mm. I'm, I'm still in it I am in a place where I'm starting to reduce the amount of time that I need to spend in those in those structures um and freeing up space where I can to not even to feel just to be (laughs) space to be which is a a big deal for me to say as a a kind of a doer um so just to be but yeah it's it's nice to 
claim myself as a poet and the way in which I write as you know is very embodied it happens very quickly usually after some kind of movement or kind of I guess contemplation within my body um, and it, it just flows mm. and I, I share it often at the time very rawly and my writing is rarely kind of edited from that um, because I a big part of my process is I come from a world of editing and reshaping and restructuring and so for me to just put myself out in that rawness was um yeah it was an initiation in itself mm. I don't know uh yesterday we're speaking now this this episode is going to be released later but yesterday I just well today actually I released an episode with um, a woman Ashley Smith and we're talking about the ways the feminine speaks through mm. through each individual hers was very image-based like she thinks in images Mm. yours as words like I just love hearing mm. the way in in which the feminine just like taps on one's shoulder like boy <laughs> sometimes slaps you in the face no, well <laughs> I was putting it trying to put it nicely right <laughs> yeah yeah but Not we're just, here we're here for all shades I think so yeah, yeah, yeah. there are the and my I mean, it's never your first experience, right? But my first more conscious experience and <laughs> an acknowledgement of that as, as the feminine was very intense. Would you like to share about that? Yeah. To whatever uh, degree is comfortable for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the questions was like, what has been like a, a teacher? Kind of on this journey and for me this this phase of my journey I guess this chapter began with death so I had for want of a better description like a near-death experience um quite a violent experience that left me with what could be described as like PTSD um in shock for a very long time and I've had like some talking therapies and counseling before in the past, but I just started yoga a few months before um, and I had really started to reconnect to my body and realize how disconnected I was. And so the one thing that I managed to do during this time was to keep showing up and going to yoga. And I just knew that I wanted some support for my body this wasn't normally I was very in my head and it was like I can fix everything with my head and and I was like this is my body like my body's going through this there's something beyond what I can kind of understand um and so yeah I kind of I was in shock initially and then I managed to find this amazing teacher who is now a friend that we share um and in retrospect now I'm so glad that that was the person that was there at the time to support me um and as soon as I felt held in space just yeah the floodgates opened <laughs> um and and all of all of this stuff was kind of pouring through me um in beautiful ways but also in some quite scary ways at times as well um 
so again being held in space and, and having that person that has their own lived experience um of the descent mm-hmm. um, and the ascent and and then what I now sort of refer to in my poetry is like Aperon that that cycle that continuous cycle um and then leading me on to teachers like yourself and and other great kind of spaces that I found um yeah I've, I've learned how to I guess integrate all of those lessons that came through and I was journaling so it as they were coming through it was coming through in my writing and in ways I I just didn't know like it was almost trance-like often um yeah and yeah pages and pages and journals and the the intensity is kind of lessened now it comes back at times but but yeah there and that's why I said in my poetry it's like my lessons and and I go back to them and sometimes I forget and then I pick it up and I'm like yeah I need to remember this one (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think the initiation piece is something that um at least in my experience personally and and with the women that I work with is it can be really frightening can be really frightening because it's the first time a soul wanders off the path that has been laid out Mm -hmm. for them by the culture by their parents by Mm -hmm. you know and um, because we can be so uh, comfortable with the way we're taught to move through life with the mind orienting Mm -hmm shit doesn't make sense when you go into descent doesn't make sense when you go into the chaos of of the feminine and because it's the first time well you know the first few times an individual journeys to meet the darkness um, there's not any trust in it and a lot of the things that we've repressed have been pushed into that dark space Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, at first it really is terrifying, but like understanding how there is actually a really fertile, juicy, open nature in the dark, like takes time mm. <laughs> to, to feel, to understand. And it's why it's so important to have people who've journeyed, yeah, who've traversed that landscape to like, be there with you witness you hold give your hand a little squeeze sometimes but you, you're okay um but from the outside world people are like oh why don't you just go to therapy and just sort right. it out with your mind and it's like uh, there's a fine line of course where some people may need that additional support mm-hmm. but knowing how to be with what comes up in these spaces is vital to be part to be living on this planet yeah so and it it was interesting that when so it's that thing like you said where I just felt that I had to be with this um and I couldn't really explain why and I remember when 
when I found the t- my teacher and message and I said like I'm really scared <laughs> and and they kind of reassured me but I was like my body needs this like I don't know what's what's going on and and it wasn't the first time I'd been there I mean to that degree yes but what kind of surprised me was how familiar that feeling was and then realizing how I'd been there many times but I'd like interrupted my process Mm. I'd given myself a tiny amount of time like I'd had counseling so you have like six weeks and then it's like okay done now like this it you know and it's like okay I need to get better I need to get back to life I need to you know carry on push through all of that stuff and but really what I was doing is I was just like numbing off or I would take I would take something from that time but not enough really in in retrospect Mm -hmm. and then but also it's yeah you need to be at a point when you're ready to do that um and yeah having having that that space and that support and a community that are open to exploring the Mm. depths and understanding that yeah there's beauty in the darkness as well um and there Mm. were people outside me kind of some friends and stuff and they were like you know when things were (laughs) difficult (laughs) like are you sure this is what you know are you okay is this what you know I appreciate that they cared for me and they wanted to check in and I've, I've heard that you know there are some spaces that aren't as supportive and exploitative and stuff so mm. they were kind of checking in but I was like no I need to be with this whatever this is I need to be with it and in whatever way it's gonna happen um and now yeah kind of I've I'd say I've just gone through another what I would call like a winter in for the last kind of two three months yeah and it was really interesting to be with that process at a much higher level of consciousness than I ever had Mm. to feel like the observer and I was like yeah I feel this way but I know I'll come through it at some point and not judging myself or wanting to fix it in ways that I might have done in the past so when you when you mention the judging yourself I want to just reiterate that anytime we interrupt anytime we hit the eject records like get me the fuck out of this anytime we try and extract some wisdom before it's fully cooked this Mm. is all vital steps in the journey Mm. I've done all of those things (laughs) <laughs> right I yeah I just want to say this is where the patriarchal perfection comes to fucking die mm-hmm. and it takes multiple hacks at it because it is scary it is confusing we do still need a function in our day-to-day life we don't have a lot of guides that talk about spiritual maturation and what a dark night of the soul is or mm-hmm. what descent is we are learning about remembering the feminine, right? So, like, <laughs> we have to, like, remember not to shame or self-flagellate 
when those things happen it's part of the deconditioning it's part of the journey and when you so beautifully described your wintering the word that came through was like integration mm-hmm. and I know without a shadow of a doubt you've interrupted ejected extracted at certain points in your journey too to get to that point so it's not about um, perfection is about being in relationship with this and each time we attempt a descent or make a descent and stay down for a long time or barely at all like it's all accruing this valuable data mm. for us to make sense of a new way of being it's quite yeah. liminal you know yeah and I think for me it was a shift in perspective from linear which was so familiar and I kind of knew how to work at that system but would judge myself against that's it so I would always describe it even trying to be less judged it's like one step forward and two steps back whenever I would feel a drop I would be like oh I'm back in that place and I would panic because I was like I don't want to go back to that place it was horrible and and see it as a failure whereas through the the feminine work that I've done it's reconnecting to the cycles and the spirals and that we are it's going to come back around again Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's never you're never in the same place you're never in the same position as you were but these you know and kind of I'd go through something and be like okay I've dealt with that I've like figured (laughs) that out like I've moved on like we say we've moved on and it's like no it all comes what's that even mean it's it's like another it's another layer and you know it can still like knock us for six at times and you're like oh wow um but just having that perspective for me has really supported me in in kind of removing some of that that judgment that I used to put on myself Mm. I mean it's so heavy Mm. And I think once you realize you're the one putting it on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it starts to be like, oh, yeah, I have a choice. I don't have to yeah. carry that so far. Like maybe I still walk down the road with it for a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm still holding on. I can let that, <laughs> I can let that go for a moment. Um, yeah, I love hearing the way in which you integrate. And you do that so beautifully um, through the trilogy. Um, in feeling my way through the dark because it it does continue and it does spiral and it does cycle through and you know even in my own personal life I'm like damn I thought I was past this and it just and more is revealed and more is revealed as and when things are ready and I'm like oh yeah just gotta remember that one just gotta remember that you know no one teaching this is immune from it and I feel like you know in fact, they've probably gone through an, a fucking huge initiation to be able to like stand and share from mm. that. Like I just look at my teachers and sort of what I'm devoting my life to now. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably just the beginning of all the initiations I'm going to get um, as I stand here now. Like but this dance between remembering and forgetting is one that is just so part of the human experience and learning not to shame that Mm. is you know a lesson that you know takes time Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. yeah definitely periods of of kind of disconnect or numbness for me um 
and going through that again kind of December but again not first I feel it it comes like an acceptance or an allowing but then as as I move through those cycles again I feel like I'm trying to move more towards like an honoring of parts of my process and um and learning the kind of the tools and the things that actually support me in that process um and in the the kind of the non-disconnect process it was actually just being with it like I don't have to do anything I don't have to figure it out I don't have to try and like wake myself out of it and you know actually this is a really important part of it and there wasn't a lot of writing and feeling like oh I should be like normally my like writing and journaling is my go-to and like what's happened here and you'll get a moment of like am I ever going to go back to it but again just trying to trust that you know these things will come and they'll go again and Mm. and then kind of slowly finding my way back to the page and when you know when it was the time and yeah I'm definitely the journal's getting filled up again (laughs) it's I think you know having taught um yoga and restorative yoga um being is the hardest thing Mm. it's truly the hardest thing we're so conditioned to be doing something all of the time to be making sense of to be justifying why we feel this way, mm-hmm. to be extracting the wisdom from it or, you know, just whatever the fuck. Like it's, it takes so much time to be like, oh, I don't have to do anything. It kind of does a bit of a, a number on one's mind, mm-hmm. um, figuring that out. And, and, again, it goes back to where do we see people just being yeah um and we there are people out there but it's it's <laughs> it's not as blatantly obvious as all the doing is mm. and I think being in circle being in those spaces and community mm. has been such a game changer for me like majorly because I was I've got amazing family and friends around me um it's never like I completely felt alone Mm. with things but you know I'm I'm a kind of the person that does a lot of the supporting and caring for others Mm -hmm. so often you don't want to put too much of your stuff on it you know and it all of that whereas it was kind of being in a a group of it was a woman's circle and and that space in itself was scary for me to enter as a as a queer person as a non-binary person like women only feminine spaces could feel really exclusionary to me in a in a lot of ways um but to be in that space to feel welcome just as I am Mm -hmm. no expectation no judgment to watch each of us show up in you know all of of the shades of human experience and to to not 
receive judgment from each other and but also to not feel like we had to fix each other big one <laughs> big to, one to, yeah sit and hear someone in the depths of grief you know really in the depths of grief and and to be able to bear witness to that and I see that as one of the greatest privileges um and to to be able to see that person then in the heights of like joy and ecstasy and Mm -hmm. and that enabled me to learn to hold that within myself as well yeah the the power of being in circle is you get to see aspects of yourself that you have never touched Mm. or rarely touch or afraid to touch meet and uh, it it does cultivate one's capacity to be with those things because it's happening outside so it's you can't make it stop you can't shut it off as though it was happening inside of you and like relegate it to the back Mm. (laughs) of the grandstand for you know like it's happening in front of you it's there it's real and because it's happening in another being there's there's so much more compassion we can give Mm-hmm. to that experience or expression as well than if it were to happen in our own self mm. Mm. i'd love to um hear anything you want to share more about because you touched on it briefly about like how intimidating it can be and exclusionary it can be coming into a women's space as a queer mm. non-binary like um, I have always felt so privileged that you felt safe enough in my spaces, but I understand that it's not like that for everyone. And if you could bring some awareness to that, because we always talk about the feminine being non-gendered, mm. but I still think there are some people that don't un- really understand that and then are open to including everyone in the experience of that. Mm. So, yeah, obviously, you know, this is my experience and my perspective and, you know, I wouldn't claim to speak for the queer community, but, you know, this is, this is how I've experienced it. Um, yeah, I think when, when I entered my first kind of circle, in all honesty, the stuff that it was around the feminine didn't even register <laughs> it was just I knew that it would be a space where there was kind of physical s- sort of movement and support and there was you know a kind of a spiritual aspect and a, a also a kind of conversational aspect and and that's what I was focused on and then when I turned up and it was all about you know like womb space and things like that Mm. and I was just like oh wow like okay what have I got myself into um and then actually yeah felt you know supported and welcomed in that space but I think kind of previously so one of the first questions we did was like what's your relationship to the feminine and I was a little bit apprehensive on sharing on that initially because um, previously I would have called myself like a queer woman and lesbian and and I um, like worship the feminine in other women but I didn't 
see it within myself in the same way um and I kind of had a lot of negative perspectives on it from that like being socialized into it as kind of uh not agreeing with them but very aware of the pressures Mm. of them um so like when I was a kid growing up like I was just so like my dad played sports with me I would what we call in the UK like a tomboy um I was just a kid and we just played and there was no like kind of real gender in when I was growing up Mm. and then you hit puberty and then it, I could feel the social pressure of like these expectations on my body as female and how that meant I was supposed to look and supposed to act. And none of these rules made any sense to me. And I remember getting bullied for all of the ways that I didn't fit in. Um, and then when I found queer community, it was like, oh, like I don't have to fit <laughs> those rules I, I can play mm. with the masculine and the feminine and you know I tend to present physically in in what might be considered a more masculine way um but so like entering spaces I'm always aware that I don't look feminine and so you if if you're going to start talking about the feminine like where do I fit in and I used to put a lot of energy into trying to justify my space within that right. like I'm this type of woman I'm like trying to like carve out a bit of space within that but actually it was really draining and it led to a lot of kind of anxiety and pressure and it was really interesting because the more work that I was doing around the feminine and I'll be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there was a point when I was like is this like gonna turn me straight it's <laughs> 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 a straight thing I feel weird like there's that you know we get a lot of like you know the queer agenda like gay agenda and you're trying to turn kids gay and whatever and I was like oh is this like gonna brainwash me into this whole like reversal but I wasn't yeah I wasn't in that kind of space um and there there was room for kind of my experience and my perspective mm-hmm. um but when like when you are the only queer person in the room then it 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 does kind of you know it can add pressure um yeah. I chose to be in those spaces and they're women's circles and I came in you know as a female-bodied person um I so I don't I don't expect people to be talking about queer experience but I hope that there's space for me to share my experience yeah um and I really appreciate it when people have at least some awareness and understanding that there are different experiences of the feminine in different bodies as well Mm. so you know it's by no coincidence that the spaces I then stay in are the teachers that allow space for that that difference within it yeah I mean it's there's so much like projections that we put Mm, mm. onto the energy that is the feminine Mm. and you don't know they're there until someone like questions that Mm. 
be it through their body, their sexuality, their opinion, you know, you really don't know what's there. Mm. Um, And it's quite interesting to, I guess, look at some of even like the goddesses um, through the mythological lens um, with this idea of she. Mm. Like how do we know? (laughs) <laughs> there was a she and also you got to think about these myths are told usually from the male gaze yeah there's, there's from a male lot perspective of, there's a lot of rewriting and actually mm. engaging with texts around the mythology around the goddess and the the kind of the stages of rewriting that have happened and pulling it right back yeah when there's a there's a difference between sex and gender so there's a you know you have like biological sex but even that is way more of a spectrum and nuanced you know physically than we ever really discuss um but then there's gender and how much you know like I've read things about there would be men that would recreate like having periods and that would be part of ritual and so do you know what I mean like gender was not the limited aspect that it often is in the western world these days and kind of if you go back to any you know more original indigenous um culture there's much more exploration of of gender in multiple forms and it's actually going back to those kind of understanding more of that yeah. enabled me to really connect with the feminine within me, which for me it is never in existence on its own. It's always in relationship with the masculine. And so for me, it's been more about the right relationship between those energies than a preference of one or the other. Yeah. Oh, I love that you um, <clears throat> I love that you said that though, because um, even though the work that I'm doing is focusing on the feminine because there's such a fucking gaping wound and mm-hmm. hunger for this like mother feminine energy to fill human beings. Mm-hmm. I work with women, but like men too, like they have mm-hmm. this mother hole gaping whole of like please fill this with love um and that's the simplistic version mm. um however it if you zoom out again it's the beginning of the integrating work tend to the open wound mm. help that heal and then start to strengthen the system to be able to then do the integration work mm. this is why it's so it's like also i say all of the time it is such slow work mm. and goes at the pace of each individual because, you know, you've arrived at a more of an integrated understanding of how the energies flow together. But for some women, they're just at the very, very beginnings, for lack of a better word, of meeting the wound with the feminine. Mm. So thank you for sharing that and bringing that forward. Um, because you can't compare but I do believe firmly that it is about integration Mm -hmm. yeah 
and that slowness I mean <laughs> patience for a, an Aries <laughs> the lesson of patience is yeah patience <laughs> has been has been a teacher um right yeah I mean this this chapter is kind of two and a half years in now um and each time I'm just like yeah you need to go slower (laughs) you need to go slower um and trusting in that and actually the slowness has allowed like so much more to come in this being one such thing you know whereas I was a we have to make this happen (laughs) and you know we've got to like climb this ladder is how I was trained and you know it's a yeah the the kind of deconditioning is a is a slow process as well yeah, I mean, it takes most of our life into adulthood mm. to be fully conditioned. So what mm. what makes us think we could just click our fingers and it's gone? Yeah. Right. And that's just this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not even talking about ancestral lines yeah. or past lives or mm. any of that stuff. Right. Mm. Um, I make a joke, but it's no joke. No, it's, it's no yeah. joke. Um. um yeah I was just gonna say I don't know if this is the time but yeah on that and the the generations there's actually something that came through when I was journaling and I wondered if yeah I could share (gasps) oh my gosh everybody just take a moment (laughs) sit down stop driving your car just take a breath because I I'm excited for everyone yes I was hoping you'd share something on this episode Oh, yeah, <laughs> exclusive straight from the page yes. hasn't been publicly shared anywhere else yet. Hey, <laughs> thank you for this gift. Thank mm. you. <clears throat> rest, she says. Let us rest. Not momentary rest, but deep rest. Cry, she says. Let us howl our grief into the moon. Let it flood us and wash over us. Let us return it to the sea. Fill the dry ditches until they are life-giving rivers. You know you cannot outrun grief. You carry it in your blood. Generations and generations and generations of grief never given time, never named, never honoured as it should be, sitting trapped beneath lips stitched together, contained in music boxes never opened, buried in the corners of rooms and under mattresses, only whispered when no one can hear, but it is heard in words uttered to daughters, It is heard in father's fears. It is heard in warnings of the dangers of the world, in heated arguments and in the silences. I cannot take their pain away. I cannot take my pain away. It is a part of the living, but I can speak it. 
I can write it into poems, songs and prayers. I can alchemize it, showing its beauty as it leaves my lips, born from the shadows birthed into light. I can be the one that shows them their strength in their vulnerability, the hope in their grief, the longing in their bodies, the love beneath their fears. Now you guys know what I mean. <laughs> Honestly, thank you. Thank you for the way in which you accepted the initiation. Thank you for listening and feeling so deeply so that this medicine can come through. Because it is medicine, Zoe. And giving someone like a hand to hold or a rope to follow in the underworld is such a precious gift and I just love exactly like everything you just shared really is is the truth we live with the grief mm-hmm. it's not a, we don't feel it to get rid of it mm-hmm. I think that's a, a another conditioned myth that we've absorbed of like okay I've got to feel it and then it's gone it mm-hmm. doesn't go anywhere it stays and it works you and opens you if you're willing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it's for me, it's a, it's a part mm. of life. And the, you know, that again, a big lesson of the feminine is, you know, we see the earth as the feminine and reconnecting to nature and watching mm. the seasons change. And, you know, the beauty in in winter and the need to go underground and to lose the weight of the leaves and, you know, and kind of that, watching that has helped me to be with that within myself and my own seasons and cycles. And Mm. mm. (sighs) such a gift really are such a gift. (laughs) Um, I'd love for you to take a moment to share with us about your Connect and Create Mm. because I know as we've all just experienced listening to the power of creativity, um, another expression of the feminine, I'd just love for you to talk about like the inception of these Mm. gatherings and how, what they are and how people can find out more about them. Yeah, so like I said, you know, it's a medicine to write for me. Um, the page is whole for me. Um, but, you know, living in the world that we do and the culture that we do and having you know the responsibilities of life it's often to make the time seems impossible and I've you know part of this was dedicating time to that free flow to that creativity again not necessarily for a purpose but just to 
to be in that flow and to see what comes through. And so I find that it helps me to have a little bit of a, a commitment to others mm. to, you know, showing <laughs> up for myself when you're used to showing up for others can be difficult and contradictory and and so if I know that there's like a time and a space then it's like okay I'm gonna show up um so yeah in all honesty I I started connect and create quite selfishly because I wanted more time for myself I wanted to make sure I protected that time and and so kind of putting it out publicly and inviting others to join uh, meant that I would show up and um yeah we've had we've had a few people come through a few regular people so it's it does what it says on the tin (laughs) it's online it's zoom you kind of you register you turn up there's a little bit at the start where we just say you know introduce ourselves if we're new and kind of what our intentions are and then we um yeah we just sort of do what we do individually for like 45 minutes um I have a playlist because I do a newsletter as well so I kind of use the playlist from that you guys got to get on that by the way (laughs) it's so good and then um and then we come back and then there's an option to share as much or as little as you want and you know we've had people create art as in paintings drawings some people have then turned them into kind of beautiful um fabrics we've had people journaling um we've had people um kind of work on like um vision boards it's really it's like whatever you want to do or not do like if you just want to show up and lay down and listen to the playlist or you just want to sit in silence for 45 minutes like that's cool um and then at the end with the sharing again it's you know some people share about the process if they don't feel ready or they don't desire to kind of share what they've written or drawn or um and yeah sometimes then people show like their artworks and stuff and and it's yeah the you know it's just the energy that we kind of create between each other during that time um is yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing yeah um and it's definitely you know I've been in this period of external pressures and busyness again and you know it's definitely something that I am one of the things I'm making more space for is to kind of put a bit more energy into that because I haven't been really like promoting it um <laughs> you know that's something that I kind of need to learn a bit more about (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I would love you know and also people have messaged me saying oh I don't have a project or I'm not like an artist and you know you need to understand that I'm here calling myself a poet now but like the journey to claim that for myself like I've been there you know and it's still you know, I put it before educator <laughs> in in my bio, and it's like that was a big Whoa. that was a big move for me, yeah. Because it, you know, it's it's not something I'm getting paid for as such right now, but it's something that I'm prioritizing in myself. Um, so yeah, it's you don't have to have an idea, you don't have to have a project, you know. But if you 
you just want to come and, and listen to people and see if that inspires something in you then, then that's yeah fine. just the connect part mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I love that I love that um because I, I really do feel that all good things do come from one's own scar like like this yeah. is for the little person in me this is for yeah. you know this aspect of myself that needs this and there's so much potency in that to think this a lot of the time people are like oh I have to be in service to other people but when we really connect to the vibration of what we need and what we want to share and what we want to create it magnetizes everyone into it and I really I love being part of your newsletter community I just like holy hell like everybody gotta gotta get on there um and I've really loved um reading the trilogy um feeling my way through the dark and that has helped me get through moments of dark that um come back again like because it does cycle through and you truly have a gift and I'm so grateful to know you and I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with you Zoe. So am I and I'm always just so appreciative for the the parts of me that you bring to the light as well (laughs) and for the the many times we have danced together (laughs) (laughs) dancing through the dark like yeah yeah you know you appreciate you you'll we'll always be able to do that together Mm, mm. um thank you so much and um looking forward to having you back on the show Mm. much love you too